campaign. It's the season of giving, and we got a whole lot of shit to be excited about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole lot of stuff that is uh, happening later or is already passed, but now is the dark times of the winter where everything is sad again. Except it's not been really dark and it's really warm and oh my god, the planet's heating up. <laughs> it is 60 degrees in December and we just had the first Halo uh, major tournament for Halo Infinite. Game Awards happened a couple weeks ago. Trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 dropped. We got a lot of stuff to look forward to as long as we don't die. Enjoy the good days while they still exist. Jesus, that was dark. Hey, and it's Crimbus. Merrick Chrysler. And happy holidays. And to be specific, it is uh, December 20th today, and I am doing most of my Christmas cheer things tomorrow because I'm a working man that works 4 p.m. to midnight on, on every human day of the week. But you're, you're just getting done with your vacation. How was that? Um, You know, not, not as relaxing as I had hoped, admittedly. Oh, no. Only because I I had to like leave the apartment and do something almost every day I was off, and and really for me to decompress and just chill, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want all the food to be here and not have to think about an appointment I have to go do. I spent half of one day driving around either on the phone with the BMV or credit unions, and then I had to go to the BMV and do two different grocery shopping trips. And this is on, like, a Saturday, so, like, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was... You could have just spent your time watching Halo, but that we'll get into that later. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> you know, all right, you know you know the, the theory about, like, introverts and extroverts, that, like, if you're an introvert, then you've got, like, so much energy for the day, and the more you have to interact with people, you lose energy? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yes. I don't really like that analogy. I think it sounds a little childish, but... If we're rolling with that analogy, I walk, I take two steps into any supermarket, and I go negative. <laughs> I just can't fucking deal with people just in a supermarket. Just people's presence immediately takes all of your stored up whatever away. Well, it's, it's not even just the presence of people. It's specifically people in a supermarket. Fucking old bitches standing in the middle of an aisle with their fucking shopping carts or, like, looking real intent at the pasta as they take two steps and like i'm just trying to get my fucking ketchup lady it or like i walk into the frozen food section and we're still in the middle of a pandemic with supply issues so i can't even get my frozen chicky nugs yeah that's a real problem yeah it like the the greatest boon sorry i keep cutting you the greatest <laughs> boon for the pandemic is that i can walk into a grocery store put on my mask put in my earbuds and I'm wearing a hoodie and that's the most comfortable I have ever been. I can turn on fucking audio canceling on my earbuds and I can just tune everything out until I have to get behind Brenda and her fucking kid sitting in the goddamn plastic car that's like half of a shopping cart. You know, those fucking things, yeah. I'm over it. <laughs> Why don't you just start like using Instacart or something? <laughs> because that would cost like 10 more dollars. That's That's very true. I'm not out here trying to spend money <laughs> at all. Filter fee. I'm just like a I'm just like a shittier millennial Bill Burr. <laughs> but did you bring up a great point about people in supermarkets? It's always amazing to me how just clueless like 80% of people in a grocery store are 
to other people around them. Like, it's like they're the only, it's very American just being like, I'm the only motherfucker in this store. I will walk as slowly as I want, take up as much space in an aisle as I want, and fuck anyone else who's around me. It's it like is I, crazy. I hope I'm more aware than that, but also I feel like saying that is falling into a trap of like, clearly these people aren't aware that I'm trying to get around them. So maybe I have also been in a position where I have been unaware and I'm pissing other people off. But I'm too arrogant to like feel like that in the moment, you know? I have no sympathy. Nah, because we're not the kind of people who will just like walk into a grocery store and be like, I don't know, we'll just see what I get today. We are, we, are I'm assuming you're like me and it's like, I know what I'm getting. And so you're just like on a mission to go get the shit you need. And then when people get in oh, your yeah, way, I, like, I make a list off. every time. Granted, my list is uh, written in nonsense. So like every week I got to buy chicken and broccoli and carrots. But my list says chicky, brock, and kurtz. <laughs> kurtz. <laughs> kurtz. Spelled K-E-R-T-S. So that's been my week. But we also, we finished the Halo campaign. Yeah. That came out, Jesus, what, last week? Uh, week and a half? No, almost it's two been, weeks. Yeah, yeah, almost two it weeks. Came, it came out right after we recorded last. Yeah, I played the first couple missions when it first came out and then purposefully held off until my break because I wanted to play through it in as much of one go as possible. And I'm glad I did that. I got to play it 1.5 times already, so that was cool. <laughs> my save got corrupted. When I was like two thirds of the way through, I got to the third act and then my game corrupted and I had to just speed run the first two parts of the game, basically not doing any of the collectible or side mission things to get back to where I was. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely better than five from a, from a story perspective. The gameplay is still good. Although I would say the, the, I, the shrunk sandbox from what Halo has had in the past when it comes to types of types and variety of weapons, uh, really rears its head in in an open world setting where there's not. I just felt like I w- there were a lot of times where I wished there were some of the some weapons from older games that were available to use in certain situations that I thought would have been fun. Sure. Uh, this isn't a perspective in opposition to what you just said, but I do remember like last week you had asked me uh, in playing the campaign if I had a preferred fusion coil to use. Oh, yeah. Um, and I told you that, no, it doesn't matter. Why, why would you ask me that? <laughs> um, but I started a playthrough on Legendary last night, and and it is always like, you know, since I have gotten away from playing a lot of AAA games, you know, since we're adults with jobs and don't have as much time to play games anymore, I gravitate towards, like, shorter indie games or roguelikes, that kind of thing. So I don't play games on the hardest difficulty for fun anymore. Um, I leave that to Dark Souls. So it's been a while since I've played, you know, for instance, Halo and Legendary. Um, but it is refreshing that, you know, now that I am playing through, I have to think about the sandbox more and how things interact more. Like, generally, I hate the Pulse Carbine, but right now it is instrumental in me being able to take out Elites on Legendary. Oh, yeah, you'd have to use it on Legendary. Because it's like... Which is also, then, in turn, made me appreciate the Shock Fusion Coils more, because 
it'll take down shields or at the very least shock them for a while so I can get some headshots. Well, that's just because you haven't gotten to the hard light coils yet. Well, yeah, that's true. Those things just don't... I hope on Legendary they just eliminate stuff like they do on normal. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I, I do hope that in the future they, they have plans to add more weapons. Um, especially... I don't, like, I, I'm focusing on just doing the story missions to get through on Legendary. I'm going to get exactly as many Spartan cores as it takes to upgrade the shields and the grapple shot, and that's all I care about, and then I'm going and getting the missable collectibles, and that's it. Which means I'm probably not going to go for any of the high-value targets to get any of the variant weapons, so I'm going to be playing with even smaller options. And Unless you find out that, like, in order to beat it on Legendary, you just need a Razorback full of Marines with the beam rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully that's not well, the that's not the one where you're with the Hunters, because fuck, that would suck. Oh, man. I do not want to have to fight those two Hunters on, uh, on Legendary. Good God. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I kind of hoped to be able to clean up Halo in its entirety before going back to work. I don't think that's gonna happen especially because we have been playing through and are planning on finishing it takes two tonight and then i gotta do christmas stuff tomorrow but that's okay i i got through the story i got to experience all of that in as much as one go as i could and uh now it'll just be short bursts of cleaning stuff up i can just do like one legendary mission a day and call it good yeah and i i'll be i've given the ending of it which for once we will not go into spoilers mostly because I don't know. It's not the way the way the story ends is it's you could spoil it and it'd be like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um it does look to they, they basically set up more story content coming in the future. Hopefully we actually get it. Um because you know, just because you set that up doesn't that mean we will always end up getting it. But it, it definitely looks like they want to continue to put out some story content along with whatever multiplayer updates we continue to get, which is kind of cool because it just doesn't seem, especially from a shooter perspective, uh, we don't really get story, continuous story on one game, like, at all anymore. Well, I don't think I'm personally expecting story DLC. I I don't think they're going to touch it at all until another main series Halo game, which I do think is a little strange for pacing because it does seem to, like, any and every plot thread they introduced in Halo 4 and 5 is either cleaned up or outright dropped in Halo 6 in favor of setting up a bunch of new stuff. Yeah, that is... Which, you know, for me, it comes off as, like, you know, again, not I I, I don't, I don't want to dip into spoilers because I don't know if there's, like, a lot of deep stuff to really talk about here, but I found myself enjoying all of the individual pieces of the story significantly more than how they came together which isn't to say it's bad i just wasn't invested yeah i mean it's really hard whenever they dive deep into forerunner the forerunner side of things on the story i I think that's been the weak point of four five and now six halo infinite is just it's a lot less compelling and most because it's like these just like 50 million foot view like perspectives on shit where you know when it's just fight the covenant or in this case fight the banished they're trying to kill you 
it's very easy and he's like i think you can still do compelling stories within that without having to like make what you're doing seem so small in comparison to what else what everything else that's going on in the galaxy right plus and this isn't 343's fault but the idea of having this like you know for all of halo having this overarching presence in the world in the forerunners and then like four and five finally addressing them in a mainstream canonized way for the entire halo community but then like also constantly like revealing new things like like this isn't a spoiler but halo infinite has a lot to do with this new species called the endless and like they've never been brought up in five halo games never even mentioned they're just on this ring and the story is like yeah yeah it was always a yeah yeah they've been there and i'm just like supposed to buy that and accept it as part of the ongoing story it just it's not satisfying yeah yeah and it, it was really kind of surprising to me too to bring in that they even went with bringing in more forerunner era shit when like the banished themselves were fine i thought i thought that the whole banished side of things was done very pretty well i mean as well as you could ask for in a shooter game uh and you know i'm almost more interested in how they're now going to connect the end of halo wars 2 to what we have now in infinite um rather than what they're do with the forerunner shit so let that sink in for how much we cared about the forerunner shit (laughs) Right. I remember, um, you know, I've said before, I think on the podcast that I'm not personally a fan of really hard sci-fi stuff. That's always more to do with uh, politics or world building as such. Uh, So like one one year for Christmas, in fact, I got the first novel in the Forerunner trilogy for Halo. And uh, I'm not sure if I even got 30% through that book before I was like, damn, this is fucking boring. It's just like lore. That's all it is. It's like almost like reading the Cimmerillion or however the fuck you say that. Cimmerillion. Well, there you go. Let me just piss off some Lord of the Rings fans. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, on the whole, I enjoyed it. And like every character moment, all the dialogue, like each individual mission I thought was really good. But just as a whole, eh. <laughs> eh, eh, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Although, one thing I thought that was really funny is that near the end, they put a lot of emphasis on the Chief and the pilot's relationship. And I'm like, bro, the Chief doesn't give a flying fuck about any of the other Marines you encounter on this ring. Why are we stressing the pilot? (laughs) (laughs) So, in other Halo news, uh, this weekend did just wrap up the first in the Halo Championship series. First major. First major in Raleigh, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina. You're close. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Halo is back, baby. uh, Yeah, we spent most of yesterday watching the whole grand finals, and it was pretty cool. Or winners bracket, like yeah, pretty cool. So as this this was like your first major esports event, right? That you like actually Uh, watched a good amount of. I've watched a pretty good amount of Evo in the past, okay, but definitely my first shooter, okay. and probably, uh, probably what I watched most consistently. 
So Evo was kind of just like, I would tune in for Tekken and I might watch the VOD for the finals later. So what, uh, what were your overall thoughts of, uh, of the, how the event played and was to watch as a consumer? Uh, I, I feel like esports has a long way to go when it comes to accessibility Mm. At least, and, and you know, to be fair, this this is all based off of particularly Halo and how this event was held. So, like, you know, I, I could be wrong if the fighting game community is ran differently, if the League or Dota communities are ran differently. But as far as trying to get into Halo, I found it incredibly difficult to find information. Like, it wasn't until that last day that we finally found a consistent way to look at the bracket and figure things out about the teams because I, I had to like go in and do my own research to figure out why Sentinels wasn't seeded for the main tournament and had to go to open pools. Right. Um, and, and like, like you told me during the tournament, the roster for these teams changes so much that I feel like it's almost detrimental for me to get invested in any way in esports because like, I, I don't have a reason to stick with a team because the teams don't mean anything in the same way that normal sports does, where you just root for the home team, right? Because they're representing you. Mm -hmm. Esports doesn't have that. They're just teams and corporations. And, and so I would want to latch on to certain people, but if they're just like in and out on a bunch of different teams, then, then it seems like even more detrimental to root for just one guy when now he's on a different team with three other random people. And I don't know, it's just like, is it better to just tune in and want to watch some Halo? Am I wasting my time to try to get invested in anybody? I think it makes it more fun uh, when you have a team or two that you are the main ones that you're rooting for. Because, um, like, we were... I, I, I was kind of rooting for Sentinels mostly just because it had a lot of old Halo 3 names that I remember, recognized. Um, and so once they were out, I was kind of just like, yeah, yeah, you know, this isn't as bad, but I wasn't following it as much um, from an intensity standpoint of like, oh, I really hope this team wins. Um, I was, but at the end of the day too, I'm just kind of hoping to watch really competitive matches, which is why when grand finals happened, I was kind of, I was kind of like, come on, United, just get a couple more games, please make it, make it, make it more fun. And they kind of, C9 just kind of kicked their ass. C9 was awesome. Yeah, Cloud9 was just operating on a different level the whole time. Yeah, so I can't really be mad about that. But uh, if the bracket broke a little differently, I think we could have gotten a more uh, exciting ending just because I think having Optic and Cloud9 play each other when they did in winner's bracket was kind of meh. They should have had them on opposite sides. But um, that's interesting what you just some of the things some of your takeaways from watching because like i've watched i have this was probably one of the first halo events that i've watched live um i used to watch a lot of the halo 3 vods back in the day um so i'm used to the format of these kind of things watched a lot of competitive smite um and to that point the broadcasts are done very similar similarly uh between those types of games one being a smite being a moba uh, and Halo being a shooter, but I, I, Halo is one of the was, is was, I'm glad it's back. One of the most entertaining esports to me, 
that is. Mostly because I enjoy... I know enough about the game that when you see someone pull off a, what looks like a really dope move, you're like, wow, that was awesome. And I think that's one thing to your to your point about uh, accessibility of any eSport is kind of hard for anyone who's not invested in it, in that game to get into from the sheer standpoint of like you appreciate more of what they're doing when you know at least the basics of a game and like, wow you can see something go wow that looks really impressive because i mean to the layman some of the boosting use of the thruster pack uh probably looks cool but you're not you don't know like oh wow that was fucking difficult for them to do and he just nailed that uh and so i i do think i don't really know how especially from a shooter perspective you can um address that and make it more open to just anyone which is what i think esports in general will have has just has had an issue doing because i don't know how they do that but um yeah i i i'm looking forward to the uh competitive series starting now i guess formally where they'll i think be like i don't know how frequently they'll do online events but those starting up and then i think the next lan is until april but yeah it's i'm glad halo esports is back yeah, and I'll just say, like, you know, if Cloud9 continues to sweep the next major tournament, I'm going to lose interest fast. Oh, you're, that's, you run that way? If, if the same team wins all the time, you're out? Well, yeah, I mean, there's just, like, I mean, what's the point in even watching? It, it, it loses a lot of excitement. Like, True. I mean, I guess I can root for my team to at least place, like, get on the podium, I guess. But it, it just feels kind of hopeless if there's not enough level and variance in the skill sets across teams and it's just like oh yeah okay let's tune in this weekend to watch cloud nine win and i I don't think you have to worry about that because like up until this event optic had been beating cloud nine like every time they played them okay so that's why it was kind of surprising that cloud nine beat optic to at least to me with having followed some of the qualifiers and stuff because optic had been winning in the past, I think uh, FaZe will get better the more they play together. I think Sentinels is always going to be around. Uh, and then you always have the European teams that I think will all... I mean, every, everyone's going to just get better, too, as we go. Like, the game's, the game's been out for like a month, and we were seeing some crazy high-level play for a, ga- a game that's barely been out. Like, that, that's the thing to me. I was like, Jesus, these dudes are doing some crazy shit for this game being out for four weeks. That is true. It, it is important to keep in mind that Halo has not been in the mainstream for something like six years. And, you know, a lot of, like, I, I heard the commentators mentioning a lot in interviews. They they talked about Halo Reach a lot. They did not talk about Halo 4 and 5. So it seems like if you're looking at eras of competitive Halo, it's really like Reach until now. And if anything was happening between that... <laughs> It either didn't matter or didn't have a spotlight. Well, well, the main reason why they did that was because Reach uh, single-handedly killed the Halo competitive scene. So that was oh, the I last see. time when a lot of the big names were in it because they were all like, oh, fuck this. this the game, it wasn't Halo Reach as a competitive game to play wasn't very fun because of Bloom. And and the scene just kind of like was has always been around through 4 and 5, but it hasn't been very mainstream or big uh, because there was just not a lot of interest. But now with Infinite's big launch and so many more people being able to play it, it's bringing, I think, has helped bring it back into prominence. 
Yeah, so maybe, you know, come a few months when the next major happens in April, uh, it could be a whole different ballgame. I don't know. I'm going to be watching it excitedly regardless. One thing I thought I saw that was interesting um, about just kind of esports in general um, was I saw a lot of stuff from COD players talking about uh, mostly like reflecting on how what Halo has done with having their first major be I mean 10 days after the campaign launched what three weeks after three weeks a month after the game the multiplayer launched and how like that's how you do it that's how you get eyeballs on your game when it's still being played by the most amount of people and just garnering hype around it where I think for Call of Duty the first major esports event isn't for like I don't think it's happened yet and it's like from time to release to the major I think I heard I, I read that it's like three months between the game coming out and their first competitive major and that's like well you you lose all the momentum of launch granted I don't think Call of Duty Vanguard had a very hype launch anyway like nobody knew the game was coming out until like what a month ago <laughs> right but it was a very interesting thing to see of like oh my god is it flipping again is Halo about to overtake COD as the competitive shooter back when COD finally overtook Halo around when Halo Reach came out as and then Call of Duty was king so it's interesting if we're going to see another flip yeah for all of its missteps you know with COD Battlefield and Halo all dropping within the same general period Halo has had a phenomenal launch comparatively yes comparatively yes I I saw uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, to to go on the dead game uh analogy or I, I don't know what you want to call it meme is it a meme I'm guess I guess you'd call it the dead game sure. meme uh somewhat there was a post a uh, 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 breaking news news something about Battlefield that came out today saying when the first season would officially start and it's not for like another month. What the fuck? And and Angry Joe Angry Joe quote tweeted it and just went dead game and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, for the game like Battlefield to go essentially two months before their first season starts, that's like some battle Battlefront two shit of like your game's not done and it's gonna be a completely different game before like it's even good. So yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Oh my god. Yeah, Halo, <laughs> like, it, it's amazing to me that everyone, like, you know, the subreddit bitches about stupid shit because people need somewhere to act like they're important and bitch about unimportant things. But um, hey, that's us. Well, yeah, but we don't we don't <laughs> do it to try and get artificial upvotes on a on a website. Um, True, but hey, you can rate us on Spotify now. Yes, I don't know where I was going with this point, but needless to say, <laughs> Halo's back, baby. Woo. Halo's back, baby. I think I even heard some of the commentators at at the HCS say Halo's back. Oh yeah, they said funny. it a whole bunch because it's been dead yeah. for like a decade. <laughs> yeah, which is very exciting for us in particular. Yes. Um, in fact, uh, to transition. You know what won the the People's Choice Award at the Game Awards last week? Not Psychonauts 2? Uh, no, I wasn't even nominated. Oh. Sad. Uh, it was Halo Infinite, yeah. baby! <laughs> yeah. That was... I, I was kind of surprised, but I'm like... It, Halo Infinite is 
had the biggest release of any game this year, I think. What what had a bigger release, a more hyped release this year than than Halo Infinite? I don't think anything has, which is weird because it feels like all people have done is shit on Halo Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, they did a lot of stuff to definitely hype it up. Uh, I think if they hadn't dropped campaign three weeks early, and, and more importantly, if... Uh, Oh yeah, multiplayer. And and then more importantly, if we didn't have like a thousand leaks leading up to that announcement that it was going to release early, I'm not sure if it would have dropped to as much fanfare. Yeah. I mean, the 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 media machine was working and working well because they they marketed the Microsoft is not going to let this game fail from a marketing perspective, but that's for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to talk about the game awards a little bit, talk about some of the awards that got handed out, even though the awards were like a fifth of the show. Oh my God. So I also want to talk about a bunch of reveals. Okay. Um, but we did just mention that, uh, we are playing through It Takes Two, which won game of the year at the game awards. Frankly, blew me away that it won. I thought Not I- because I didn't have any faith in it. I just didn't think it was like that big or that good and now we're playing it and my bro this game slaps hard as fuck it is awesome yeah now that we've played it i get it <laughs> like like it's still not it's still not my game of the year but i'm not mad that it won i can't believe how long a co-op game it is because i feel like even even portal 2 wasn't this long well yeah and that's the thing is like portal 2 wasn't even a co-op game. It had a separate co-op experience. Oh yeah, Portal shit, Two. I Portal Two is still a single-player experience. This kind of like you cannot play. It takes two alone. It's just not the game. It has to be co-op. It's only co-op, and it's still like a regular ten-hour-long game. Forced co-op like that is for small indie experimental games like Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. You don't see it on this scale. And it works. It's great. And it's an EA game. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I, we're hoping to finish that tonight. We're having a blast. Oh, my God. It's funny as hell. It's also very violent. <laughs> I was not ready for it. It is the most violent cartoon I've ever seen. It's just like there's some just downright, oh, my God. Why are they? Why are the characters like this? They're just awful. Stop. Like. I mean, I don't want to. Sp- I, actually, I'm not. I'm not spoiling anything about this because if you haven't played it, go play it. Um, but we are having a heck of a time just fucking around with this thing. I, I, it has been very fun. I do think, too, like it's not challenging, at least for us. I we just are. Fl- I feel like flying through it, but at the same time, it's such a like. There's just so much to go through that we've still taken a while just to get through it. Yeah, I I had no idea going into the game that it was a $40 game. Like I thought it was 20 bucks because I expected it to be a small indie thing. But but it's very long. Um I, I mean not not even very long. It, it is normal game length. Um but I do think that yeah, we're going through a little fast. You know, I I enjoy that like, you know, I'm not going to say we are ideal teammates or anything, but we're gamers. We know how games work. Capital G so gamers. While while like a lot of the puzzles aren't hard exactly there is some platforming execution that you need to like be in sync with each other on and a lot of times we don't even have a discussion about it we both just kind of know what has to happen 
and if you need to jump and I need to do something while you jump, we just do it. You just go for the yeah. jump, and I know what I got to do, and we don't have to try it twice. We just get it. Yeah. And though I, except for when I had to help drive the fucking boat. Oh my god, you could not understand that boat. It hurt my head so much trying to control that damn boat. It did feel like I was I was fighting you to just like assume that you were gonna keep paddling and change I, what I did to get the boat where it needed I to go. I was more just like you do you. I will move when I think we need to move a direction because <laughs> I just felt like I was fucking up everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that part was like oh, okay yeah this game is pretty easy. It's kind of hard to fuck it up. Yeah, because we got to the boss. I was like oh no we're fucked. We're so fucked. And then we just like destroyed the boss. And I was like. Yeah, we just kept oh. shooting it. It just kept working. Yeah. <laughs> but again, not to the game's detriment. It's a lot of fun. Very much. It's and very I'm looking pretty. forward to finishing it. Very good art. Yeah. I, I am happy that it is on Game Pass because honestly, I probably would not have paid $40 to play oh, it. Oh, no. I would. No. No. At least, like, not to say it's not worth the $40, especially since, um, like, both of us would not have had to buy it because of the friend pass thing they have where you can just allow somebody else to play with you since you own it. You know, like if you, if you know that going in, you and a friend could split it 2020. Right. So that's okay. But I just, I probably never would have given it a chance for $40 personally. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the beauties of game pass is, you know, I, and also the detriments is cause now when it comes to buying any game, I'm like, I don't really want to have to buy it. If I don't have to, I'll just wait for it to come on Game Pass. Right. Which I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, last episode I, we did, I believe, we talked about PlayStation is supposedly ramping up to release their own Game Pass. Equivalent. Um, it's probably by the time By the time we are ever able to get a hold of a PS5, it would be great if I could count on PlayStation having a service where I could just queue up Ratchet and Clank, Returnal, and Spider-Man Miles Morales and just play all that for 20 bucks a month. <laughs> no. Oh. Probably not. I wouldn't get your hopes up on that one. <laughs> I mean, really, if they're going to do it, they really should have at least the first parties on there if they want to compete with Game Pass at all. Oh, yeah. But it's Sony, so who knows? I think they will eventually, but the the what... It the way it was marketed seemed a little bit more like it's uh marketed towards um what do they call it on Xbox when you play the old games? Backwards compatibility. Backwards compatibility. Like being able to go back and play old stuff, at least at when it first comes out. Um But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So moving on to the game awards, we can just do a quick rundown here. So like I said, it takes two, one game of the year. Um deserved. However, Psychonauts 2 got robbed the entire show. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't think enough people played it, honestly. I yeah, maybe not. Because I feel like if enough people played it, it would have won something. Because that game's awesome. It's my game of the year. Like, it was my favorite game I played this year. And I, I oh, very good. The, the thing the thing that really kills me about Psychonauts 2 not winning anything. Like, I can live with the not being game of the year. Because I still had issues with the game, even if overall it was my favorite. But the fact that Deathloop took oh my God. both best game direction and, more importantly, best art direction over Psychonauts 2 both times, that's ridiculous to me. The art one was ridiculous. Like, not to say that Deathloop doesn't have a very unique and interesting art direction, but 
it's I don't even think comparable to how just awesome Psychonauts 2 is when it comes just from like the fucking character design in Psychonauts 2. It's like some of the most original shit you could ever think of. Yeah, like Deathloop has its kind of cool jazz cabaret thing going for it, and I really dig the style, but that's that's basically just a thin layer over what looks like every single other game Arcade has made, you yeah. know? Like, like it, it felt like it's just a cleaner, more stylish Dishonored. Yeah, I, I, I've, I thought I was playing Dishonored for the first couple hours because it, it, the combat system seems almost exactly like what it is in Dishonored. Except now, you oh yeah, just the can't UI is almost exactly the same too. Yeah, again, not taking anything away from it because it was from what I've played so far, it was good. But I, I just should have been Psychonauts. Psychonauts too. It's just I, I personally enjoyed way more. Yeah. Um, and then I also want to complain that uh, they, they had an award for best VR slash AR game. And I'm going to assume that Resident Evil 4 is entirely deserving of that award because it looks phenomenal. It looks like a fantastic port and it looks like something I really want to play, but Facebook won't let me. Oh no, are you going on the Facebook rant? I don't need to because we've already talked about it on the podcast. I just want to point out again that... It's not exclusive to Oculus, it is exclusive to the Oculus Quest 2, and I have a Rift S, which is the same generation as the hardware it's exclusive to, and and it, it's just, man, Facebook is fucking up the VR industry before it even has a chance to get started. Fuck you, Zuck. As soon as I have the opportunity, I am selling my Rift, and I am getting either a Vive or whatever this new one HP has that they're putting out with Vive Tech. Do you think we could uh, make millions by just putting out a, a t-shirt line of Zuck, you suck? <laughs> you laugh. Yeah. I think look we could make a to, uh, shitload of money doing that. Look forward to official Healthy Obsession merch in three years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The official Healthy Obsession shirt is just Zuck, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Zuck, you suck, and old man Scott yells at clouds. <laughs> okay, what else we got? Um, Re- reveals? <laughs> El- uh, I just want to say, Elden Ring won most anticipated game for the second year in a row. <laughs> hey, but we've finally seen something from it. Yeah, we've seen gameplay. We've gotten more trailers. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin has actually talked about it a little bit on his blog. Uh, because if you didn't know, he has penned the world for the game. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, um, and it comes out in just a couple months. So I'll have it in hand soon. And uh, next to Halo, that, that certainly is the most anticipated game I'm looking forward to. Uh, but pretty cool that it beat like uh, God of War Ragnarok and Breath of the Wild sequel still. Yeah. Very cool. And, and a new Horizon game coming out soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> The awards were such a small part of the show. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it wild? Isn't it absolutely predatory that the gaming industry has managed to build an entire day that's just for marketing? Yeah. Like, like nobody else does that. Like, the Oscars or the Grammys, the People's Choice Awards, whatever, you know, like, it's actually mostly an award show, and they just have people, like, performing or doing interviews there. But the Game Awards... And the press conferences at E3, they're just marketing events for them to market to us, and I eat it up every time. Yeah, but the the fact that uh, the Game Awards were three hours long, and we maybe got 
one hour of actual awards. Oh, I'm not even sure if we got that. I so I'm being generous with the one hour. Um, yeah, it was too long. It was way <laughs> too long. Now, granted, it's everything's 15 minutes too long, Hayden over here, but it was too long. Like, uh, our friend Nathan or Nathan, who was on last episode, uh, he he said fuck it and went to bed right before. But like, he was like, I'm not waiting past 11 for them to finally do game of the year like and then it and then it pulled an oscars and went long so it was just like jesus christ fuck yeah i was losing steam near the end they they just stopped having reveals that were interesting to me and they were not doing enough awards like after 10 30 i didn't care i was just like just do game of the year for fuck's sake and jeff Keeley kept being like oh my god all this epic shit and then they reveal something i was like okay <laughs> like, yeah, what do you want from me man like yeah, yeah it looks okay uh so i'm just gonna i i have uh i have this article from games radar pulled up that has all the reveals uh i i don't know if they're in any particular order because i don't remember which order they were revealed in um and i'm not gonna go over everything because you know some shit i just didn't care about so hopefully i don't skip over anything you want to talk about nah you're uh, probably fine so first up on the list, I just want to say I'm probably not going to play it because I didn't finish the first game, but we saw some gameplay and a new trailer for Sinuous Saga Hellblade 2. Oh, And yeah. it looked pretty fucking dope. Uh, that was apparently in-game footage, which I don't know how that's a thing because the whole thing looked like a goddamn cutscene. Oh, yeah. No, even the first Hellblade is a gorgeous game. I, yeah, too bad no one's able to get new graphics cards to be able to actually run the game. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Hellblade just feels like a clunkier, more stiff Dark Souls and didn't hold my attention gameplay-wise. But it's it's a very important story about mental health and trauma, and so I don't want to downplay that. Um, second game looks fucking dope. I'm probably not going to play it, though. <laughs> Fair. Uh, the next thing on this article is the new Star Wars game, Eclipse. Yeah, that, um, that was Which something. I am less than excited about. <laughs> I thought it would be cool at first, and then all the, uh, then all the stuff broke from the company making it, and I went, "Ooh, everyone's not gonna buy this now." Yeah, my favorite thing out of the show is uh, pulling up people's reaction videos while they were watching the show and getting like, kind of excited, not hype, but getting kind of excited about a new Star Wars game that is gonna be the first one set in the High Republic era. Um, but then when it's revealed that it's Quantic Dream making the game, uh, all enthusiasm leaves immediately. Yeah. yeah, it was the hardest right turn you've ever seen. Quantic Dream is the developer behind games such as Indigo Prophecy, Heavy Rain, uh, Beyond Two Souls, and most recently Detroit Become Human. Um, those games are hit or miss at best, and David Cage is a problematic individual at best. Apparently the company's problematic. Yeah, I I hate the way they tell their stories, and I don't think they're very interesting games. You know, just to you know, commenting on on their media in general, I'm never a big fan. I think Until Dawn did exactly what Quantic Dream is trying to do, and significantly better. So I hope to see more out of them, uh, but I I am not excited whatsoever for Star Wars Eclipse. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I got nothing else to add on that. You know what I'm also not excited for. If you say my the game I'm most anticipated from that we got a reveal for, I'll kick come in there and kick you. Uh, no, it, it was the Wonder Woman game. Oh, yeah, 
I just, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I mean, it might be good because it's the same company that did uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. And I didn't play that game, but I heard it was really good. People liked it. So it might be good. I just, I find it so hard to care about, honestly, any DC character besides Batman. <laughs> right. Well, and here's the thing is that people have been clamoring for a new Superman game, and instead we get Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, we, we can go and jump down as well. Uh, Arcane, the people... Not Arcane, that was Dishonored. Um, Rocksteady. Uh, they are working on the Suicide Squad game. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. That looks awesome. Yeah. Because Rocksteady does damn good work, and that game looks hella fun. I honestly don't even remember that much from that. That must have been one I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to. <laughs> well, it looked it looked really cool. Harley Quinn looked like she was a lot of fun to play. We saw some Captain Boomerang, even a little oh, bit of King Shark. It was that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they had to fight, like, Evil Flash, who was taken over by, by Brainiac, something like that. Yeah. That game looks fun because I'm just a big fan of Rocksteady. Yeah, that one does definitely look promising. I don't know if I'm going to play it, but it does look like it. it is definitely another good addition to the superhero genre of games because it seems like a lot of them are hit or miss, um, and that one looks more promising than not. Right. Uh, now, the one that you were most excited for, uh, I would never shit on, even though I haven't played the first one yet. I know. But- <laughs> but the reveal looked dope, and it does make me want to play fucking Alan Wake 2 out of nowhere. They're going just straight horror. I was reading some about it. They're going straight horror with it, and I'm here for that. Because the first one's like a pseudo-horror action game, and this one's like Resident Evil uh, 7. Kind of like just spoopy all the time, and I'm like, yes, give it to me. Pump it in my goddamn veins. Yeah, the trailer looked really fantastic. Um, I am not normally one to play horror games, but I know that Alan Wake is good, and I bought it for like five bucks on a Steam sale seven years ago, and I just haven't played it. Just wait for the uh, remaster to come to Game Pass. Oh, do they do a remaster? Yeah. Fuck. They announced that a while ago. I don't actually know if it's out yet, and if it is, it's not on Game Pass. I know that. Because I thought Alan Wake, I think Alan Wake's on Game Pass, but the remake isn't. And I'm like, what the what the fuck's going on with that? <laughs> <laughs> that does kind of suck. Uh, the a couple other things, just like real quick, Among Us VR. Hell yeah, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> Fuck. I was I was not ready for that. <laughs> uh, but it's for somebody. It is for sure for somebody. <laughs> uh, Cuphead getting DLC. That's pretty dope. Not until June. Yeah, but, like, um, what, Cuphead came out two years ago, and it's just right. now getting DLC, but okay. It actually it actually got me to buy Cuphead, and I'm playing through that a little bit now. That game is fucking hard. Yeah, it is. Um, we got a, a Gollum game announcement? Yeah, and he looked fucking weird. He did look weird. His head was just like, what are you doing? And his eyes are huge. He had, like, a... Super stereotypical, like, 90s green alien head with just <laughs> big old eyes. I don't know. Uh, The Game Awards, very nearly, so, so close, did they almost destroy the internet. 
when they began revealing the new game from Keiichiro Toyama, uh, when they revealed a new Silent Hill game. They actually did, did, did they actually reveal a new Silent Hill game? Or, yeah, I'm sorry, no, it was not a new Silent Hill game. It's called Splitterhead. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when in the trailer they said it was from the game director of Silent Hill, everybody's minds immediately went to PT. Like, I was looking out for a Hideo Kojima drop. I was looking out for a Guillermo del Toro drop because I thought, oh, is it finally happening? Are we getting PT? But it's like Silent Hill, but not Silent Hill. Um, and it wasn't that. It was a game called Splitterhead, which still looked pretty cool. Um, I really dug the aesthetic. You know, as much as I, like I just said, I don't really play horror games. I'm always down for the aesthetic, and I'll play one if the gameplay is really good. And, uh, you know, I I trust Toyama-san from, from the <laughs> Silent Hill games. So, you know, maybe it'll be good. Yeah. Like, again, I got nothing else. No thoughts? Nope. <laughs> okay. How about this one? Sonic the Hedgehog. The movie? Uh, yeah, we can start with the movie. That trailer was fucking awesome. Yeah, Tell me it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the movie looks really good. <laughs> trailer looked fan-fucking-tastic. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 looks like the kind of movie I wanted Sonic the Hedgehog 1 to be. And, and Sonic the Hedgehog 1 wasn't even a bad movie. Like, it was, it was a more-than-passable kids movie. But this one is, like, actually leaning into being Sonic. They seem to ditch the human characters from the first movie pretty early, I think. We got Tails. We got Knuckles. Jim Carrey is actually looking like Eggman. We got some Badniks that actually look like Badniks. Tails is flying the tornado. We got the Master Emerald, which probably means we're going to see Supersonic. We see the fucking Emerald Shrine on, I'm assuming, Angel Island. I'm fucking hype. I'm proud. Or I, I'm not proud. I'm glad. I, I'm ha- happy for you. There you go. Use your words, Hayden. Uh, I'm happy for you. Uh, but what about the game? Because the game looked... I, I couldn't gauge what you would think on the game. Um, as with every <laughs> single Sonic the Hedgehog announcement, um, I am cautiously optimistic. Oh, okay. Because I, um, I, I remember watching the trailer of the trailer, and I'm like, ah, this kind of looks... Oh, no. Because, uh, you know, during the Sonic... 25th anniversary live stream I believe it was when they announced Sonic Forces that trailer was amazing and I was so incredibly hype off of that trailer and it's still a really good trailer like even in hindsight that trailer makes me feel ways about Sonic (laughs) that game was not good (laughs) that game was terrible in fact that game was comically bad. Um, oh no! And and so I I am I am stuck in a cycle. Much like <laughs> I think I need a therapist because much like Destiny, I am stuck in a cycle where I know I'm going to be disappointed, but the advertising machine behind the company that disappoints me is too good for me to ignore. And so I'm always going to ride high before they grab the back of my head and shove my face into the pavement. Oh. Okay. I'm assuming Sonic Frontiers is going to be no different. Especially given uh, there there have been some leaks that have come out about the game 
supposedly from people inside Sega on the dev team or some play testers, things like that. The game is going to be open world, um, which is pretty funny right after Halo's transition to open world. Um, and Sonic has dabbled in this concept a little bit with Sonic Adventure, where it had the three hub worlds that you could go to levels for. And even Sonic 06 did that a little bit. But supposedly, this game is going to be completely open world, which is why comparisons to Breath of the Wild have been popping up. Um, that already concerns me big time, because Sonic Team hasn't made a good game in a while, except for Sonic Mania. And then trying to jump to open world and making that, like, good? I don't think it's going to happen. But also... The game was announced for 2022, I believe holiday 2022. And uh, from these leaks, the people that have seen the game have said, yeah, I don't think it's going to be ready for 2022. Ooh, you hate to <laughs> Which see definitely it. means the game isn't getting pushed back and we're just going to get our fucking sixth unfinished Sonic game. You hate to see it. But there are two things that I know for absolute certain about this game. And one of them is a thing that I always know for certain about every Sonic game, and that's that the music is going to be banging. From start <laughs> to finish, the music is going to be fucking tip-top quality because music in Sonic is always good. You did. You, you posted that in our Discord yesterday. Was that you posted that yesterday? Uh, Gunnar posted a meme, but then I posted a Sonic in response. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number two is that I know this story is going to be good which is not something I can always count on because sometimes you get a Sonic Heroes, sometimes you get a Sonic Adventure. Sometimes you get a Sonic Adventure 2, sometimes you get a Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric. But Ian Flynn is writing the story for Sonic Frontiers, and that is very important because Ian Flynn has been the head writer for the Sonic comics for like the last decade. And I have always held that the Sonic comics have been the height of Sonic storytelling they are the best that the franchise has to offer, and they have always existed entirely separate from the games uh, until uh, the Archie line got dropped and they had to go to IDW, and now the plot line is canonical with the video games, but with Ian Flynn as the head writer. So I know that Ian Flynn knows the things that make Sonic work, and he is the most reliable man for the job to pin a good story, and it's honestly surreal that Sega is handing him the reins for this kind of thing. Because, like, it feels like Sega as a company is entirely disconnected from all the things that have ended up working for Sonic. So, I mean, this bodes well, and I'm super excited about it. I would, I would just like to take this moment to apologize to our listeners. Um, I, too, have no idea about half the shit that he's saying. But you know yeah. what? Chris is very very passionate about Sonic so we got to give him some time every once in a while to just you know do his thing but I have feelings about Sonic also fuck Ken Penders yeah I knew that was coming at some point <laughs> uh I will probably <laughs> not play it at all because I don't think I've ever played a Sonic game and oh no that's <laughs> not think, true I played Sonic Heroes fuck yeah I don't think that's even a probably I think there's a less than zero chance you're gonna play Sonic Frontiers you are right <laughs> But that's all the big stuff for the game boards I want to talk about, uh, which does bring us about to the end of our show, unless you have something you want to add. What? What? There, I just, something just popped into my mind. I was like, oh, the thing, there's a thing that happened. Oh, did you see the trailer that I posted today of The Northman? Yeah, Robert Eggers' new series. That's a series? I thought that was a movie. I think it, I think I saw it was a series. Let me let me double check on this. 
Um, but I know it's from Robert Eggers, which we are both a fan of. Tell me, tell me something else that he's done. Well, I believe that was the lighthouse. Oh, well, I'm even more excited for this Vinland Saga live ad- live action adaptation. <laughs> the whole um, first me... like bit, I was like Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga. Now, granted, it's very different, but also looks heavily inspired <laughs> by uh, yeah, for the sure. beginning of Vinland Saga. Uh, okay, no, I was wrong. It is a film. It's not. It's not a series. I'm sorry. I led you astray. Okay, I, I was saying I didn't think it was a, a series. I thought it was a movie. Um, um, now, now this trailer does look fucking awesome. Uh, now <laughs> we we have talked in the past about how dangerous it is to say that somebody or some company can't possibly miss because they they but, always let me down. <laughs> but I do want to point out that Robert Eggers only has three movies to his name. Uh, the first is The Witch which he was the director and writer on. The second is The Lighthouse, which he was the director, writer, and producer on. And now The Northman, which he is the director and writer on. Oh, so the story's going to slap hard as shit. Yeah, it should. Well, I mean, uh, if you're taking inspiration from Vinland Saga, yeah, it's probably going to be good. So I'm I'm okay with that. Um, Yeah, I just, that's what I wanted to, I think that dropped today. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, And it looks, uh, it looked good. I don't know when it, I don't remember if it said when it's coming out, but comes out in April. Boom shakalaka. Can I say that? Is that copyrighted? It might be by NBA Jams. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna take us to the end of the show then. Um I think next episode in two weeks, which will be after the start of the year, uh, we're gonna try to do some retrospection on the year. Uh, some retrospection on year two of the pandemic. Oh, um, which right now it just seems like the entire time we've done the podcast is synonymous with the pandemic. I, I mean, we started halfway, ha- halfway through, halfway through the first year of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about some of our favorite games, favorite movies. Hayden's got to talk about anime for a little bit. Gotta, he gave me the Sonic time. I got to give him the anime. I got to get the, the seasonal roundup that I know two people are eagerly awaiting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, like I said before, you can rate us on Spotify now. So uh, woo, woo. subscribe and rate us there. Um, also, drop a review on Apple Podcasts, maybe. Um, but otherwise, just hey, if you if you liked this, if you thought it was good, recommend it to a friend that maybe wants to learn a little bit about esports or hear me bitching about the Game Awards or Quantum Dream or Ridley Scott. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye bye.